Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Coming up on this week's episode, I share a way to organize your Android widgets, I re-review my favorite Star Wars video game, and I consider if a potential sequel would help bridge the gap of information related to a trilogy of video game movies. A. D. N. It's headphones nailed! What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host, as always, Headphones Neil, bringing you a wide variety of stuff to review. It's a little bit less than last week, but it is a mixed bag of information. So to start it off with this week's Android segment, I have been messing around with cleaning up my Android home screen for a little while now, switching between launchers, um reorganizing widgets and icons and things like that and I remembered that there's an app called pop-up widget in the Google Play Store that allows you to create a shortcut to a widget that essentially pops up the widget and by swiping away or touching on a blank area of your screen you can swipe away that widget to make it go away all to minimize and help keep your home screen as clean as possible so when you install it from the Google Play Store you um, are given access to any um, app that does have a related widget to it. So whether it's Google Calendar, Gmail, WhatsApp, Pocket Cast, um, Music Away, the MP3 player, anything like that. If there is a widget, for the most part, it should be compatible with pop-up widget. From there, you can you would create and click on the plus sign, select the widget that you want access to, and then set up various options like setting the width and height of the widget, how fast or slow you want it to pop up. Do you want it to pop in a pop up from the bottom of your screen, the sides fade in, or anything like that? Um, do you want a reflective um, like flourish at the end when it opens and things like that? So there's a lot of different options for how the widget shows up. Um, you can also do things like set its icon. So you can use the um, related default stock icon. So if you're using, you know, or creating a widget for Google Calendar, you can use the icon tied to that. Same thing with like Chrome bookmarks or the YouTube widget or whatever like you have there. Or if you have a custom icon pack installed and you can use an icon from that icon pack as well. So if you want something to mix up your home screen a little bit and you want to use um, that icon pack, then you have that option as well. 
Um, you can do things like set custom backgrounds or use one of the pre-built um, or built-in um, backgrounds as well. So if you want a little bit of an accent, you can do that as well. And then you can adjust or you can fine tune the look and feel of the widget in the preview before you actually put it on your home screen. But the beauty of it is once you create the shortcut on your home screen, you can still rearrange the widget and how it looks on your screen, like the width and height, the position and all of that. So wherever you place the actual shortcut to pop up from, it does that won't matter as much as where the widget is. So let's say you want the widget as close to the bottom of your screen as possible, then you can move it there. But you can have the icon at the top of your screen or in the middle or move it around and arrange it. Um, you can even place the shortcuts in your home screen launcher's dock. So if you want, for example, five shortcuts to different uh, widgets, then you can do that. So for example, if you want a widget for Gmail, WhatsApp, um, let's say your music MP3 player like Music Olay and whatever else, then you can set those shortcuts in your um, dock. So that way um, you can do a pop-up widget to access um, for example, things like notifications and things like that, instead of having to swipe down on your home screen. Um, so because, for example, for me, swiping down on the home screen with Android 12, it's one of those things where the screen is actually kind of big. So um, for my OnePlus 9 Pro, so it's hard to reach to add um, to some of the notifications at the top of the screen. The grouping is kind of weird. So even though you touch the notification for email, it expands it instead of opening Gmail. So Things like that is kind of weird, but by having the widget at the bottom of the screen, you can um, get access to those notifications as well. Um, so that's really all there is for that. Um, the app is available in the Google Play Store and should be compatible with most um, Android devices. Um, so if your if your um, device is um, or was purchased or manufactured in the last couple of years, then you should be able to install it. Um, the app does cost one dollar forty nine um, at the as of this recording, so not expensive, not necessarily cheap. It is actually a pretty reasonable price, in my opinion, for what it does, so that you can have quick access to different widgets. And like I said, instead of having you know, let's say you like big um, widgets on your home screen and you have you know five home screens by using pop-up widget you can consolidate them into one home screen five shortcuts and get access to all of them in one easy to access location so it's easy to get to any of those um, apps widgets notifications and that sort of stuff so that's all there is for that so with that i will jump right into this week's star wars segment Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, so for this week's Star Wars segment, I didn't really look around too much to see what's going on in the Star Wars universe, but every so often I do get an article pop up as far as things related to Knights of the Old Republic and the Old Republic and that sort of stuff. Especially relate and also Asper Media as well for that matter. So I do occasionally see the random pop up for what people are expecting from the Knights of the Old Republic remake. So a couple weeks ago it got me thinking that I should replay the game just to see if there's any other way to play the game in a better format, stay as close to canon Revan as possible. And so reading around online I saw that playing him as a scout and a Jedi Guardian is probably as close to canon as one can get in the game. So um, I decided to play it and not necessarily upgrade him to what people were saying online, just do upgrades as far as what I think I would get to get as high of a character as possible in a normal playthrough of the game. So I ended up doing that. Um, some of the gameplay was based on the assumption of knowing certain things beforehand. So for example, um, taking Bastila and Mission Veo on Tatooine as part of their story arcs was important. Um, taking Karth on and Jolie Bindo on Manon was important, uh, notably to kick off the Karth storyline for his or to progress Karth's storyline with his family and his son, learning that Karth's son has joined the Sith, to progress with him on Korriban. Um, I'll get to that in a second. And then with Jolie Bindo, as far as his friend on Manon, um, that does require that you have played through um, Kashyyyk and have Jolie Bindo in your party before um, heading to Manon. Same thing with things like characters like uh, Juhani, where if you're on the light side path and you redeem her on Dantooine and you end up talking to her enough, then you can progress her story arc enough to the point where you learn about her family on Terrace, Revan, and the Sith are related to that. And she ends up understanding that the destruction of Terrace was Malak's fault. Um, and then by the end of her story arc, you realize that there was a slaver who um, was trying to... who basically killed her parents and was trying to enslave her. Um, 
And what I learned is outside of the game, uh, which I didn't get through in the game because uh, progressing story arcs is kind of weird. I guess you have to do it in every level up, but I guess it's Revan um, and a Jedi strike team led by him who ended up saving Juhani on Terrace to begin with. So it's one of those things where if you play through, if you basically if you talk to all your characters after each level up, then you'll be able to progress with them nicely. But if you don't know where to take them, then it's easy to get lost in some of those story arcs. Um, Candorous is probably one of those exceptions where um, it doesn't really matter where you take him as long as you um, take him out on um, um, out with her party out on various planets to um, progress and progress his story arc and all of that because his story arc with Jaggy um, ends up show um happening on um tatooine no matter i guess no matter where you take him there's some game development somewhere that tells you which planets um will activate different quests and things like that but it's very there's certain exceptions that's like most planets will um accept story or, or help progress story arcs and things like that um for Zalbar, his story arc is directly tied with Kashyyyk, so that's always a recommendation. Um, but it, for him, it kind of deals, his story arc pauses in the Great Walkway, and then you can take anyone in the Shadowlands, because ultimately you're going to have Jolie added to your party there. Um, and then there's no real story arc for T3M4. They kind of cover that a little bit more in Knights of the Old Republic 2 to a, a small extent. Um, so there's that. Um, the overarching story with Bastila is that you can ultimately fall in love with her, and if you read some of the Star Wars canon and lore, you learn that uh, Revan and Bastila ended up getting married. So um, that's one of those things where you do have to progress that far enough, but ultimately it doesn't really matter. You can redeem or not redeem her depending on your light side or dark side progression, but you can... If you're staying with light side canon Revan, then um, you're essentially going to want to try to redeem her in on the unknown world at the temple. And then once you defeat her a few times on the Star Force, she'll you'll be able to do the final conversion for her there. Um, so playing through this time around as far as um, Playing as a scout and a guardian, I found that the gameplay felt a lot easier than before. I spent a lot of time with force speed and defense, um, upgrading computer security and repair skills. So um, being able to upgrade and activate droids and shields and things like that was very easy. I found that I only, my part, entire party died only a couple of times, which felt a lot better. Um, and investing in the force power for force immunity or force shield was good, and then Jedi defense made for the Star Force to be a very easy gameplay through, um, especially since, and then also investing in toughness just because that saves a lot on defense for the character. Uh, this time around, I also spent time uh, playing or more time playing around with the lightsaber crystal, so I 
did have um, end up buying the Heart of the Jedi and Mantle, or Heart of the Guardian and Mantle of the Force lightsaber crystals, playing around with the various add-on crystals to upgrade the lightsabers to get, uh, you know, regeneration points, critical hits, um, attack bonuses, and all of that to get the strongest lightsaber lightsabers I could get for dual wielding. Um, the one thing to re remember if you are playing, whether you're playing light side or dark side Revan, is that if you all do want to go with dual wielding lightsaber or dual lightsabers or a double bladed lightsaber, is to invest in two handed fightings, um, which definitely helps with um, your attacks. With, with dual lightsabers, I want to say Flurry is the best option for attacks. For a double-bladed lightsaber, um, I would say go with critical hit, and then if you're going single-bladed lightsaber, go with power attack. Um, I think those are more directly tied with those lightsaber styles. Um, if you're going with a single-handed lightsaber or a single lightsaber, then you don't really need you don't need to invest in two-handed two-handed weapon fighting. I would definitely recommend going going with dueling. Regardless of that, I always definitely, or I now recommend upgrading your weapons proficiency lightsaber and maxing that out so you get the bonus there. And then with, between that and tough, all of that and toughness, you are going to get a good attack bonus, even if you do not upgrade strength all that much. Um, so that's really the bulk of it. I mean, overall, this gameplay was very smooth. I think I played it this time around the fastest I played it while also. Um, navigating through all of the various character story arcs and progressing them as far as I could. Um, I don't think I got the um, final conversation with Candorus that he's going to follow Revan no matter where he goes. And then the final bit with, I want to say, Ju I think I got Juhani's thing with the slavers. Um, Zalbar was done, HK47, because I had the repair skills and abilities i was able to progress him a couple of times and then i finished him his story arc after the revelation of your character being revan um with mission i was able to progress her story arc with her brother to the point where um she's glad that revan helped tried to help her brother as much as possible this time around i did learn that you can complete his the mission's brother story arc even though you finish the quest on Tatooine with the Sand People and the Star Map and all of that, because um, if you speak with the Zerka rep, or no, sorry, if you meet with Lena on Kashyyyk or I guess any other planet, uh, regardless of when that happens, you can still find um, Griff, uh, Mission's brother, hanging out in the um, Sand People. Um, Enclave. One of the things I was hoping to have done this time around was meet up with the or go on the or make friends with the Tuskins, but I guess you have to talk to the Rodian in the Zerka office before you go out on that quest to learn that um, if you buy HK 47 as a translator droid, then and take him in your party and um, used HK-47 as a translator droid, you can meet up with the chieftain and make and promise that fewer attacks will happen if the humans stop um, invading their territory sort of thing, which is kind of a lot, which is not quite what we saw in The Mandalorian, but 
the Mandalorian actually kind of handled that very well to enhance on the lore and history of the Tuskins, which the Knights of the Old Republic provides a good basis for all of that, but um, the Mandalorian enhances that quite a bit. So overall, I do recommend playing the game. It still holds up after all this time. I didn't ha actually have the game crash on me or anything like that, so I didn't have to replay any planets or anything like that. Um, I def I recommend um, um, saving consistently and. While I did not really go too much back and forth between planets, I do recommend saving frequently just because there are sometimes there can be random glitches in the game, uh, whether you go dark side or light side. Uh, one of the things I always also do recommend once you get off of Dantooine is play Pazak with the Rodian on Yavin Station. It does take a, a bit of time to beat him enough times to get the discount on his um, goods. But it will pay off at the end of the game because if you visit him after, um, I think it's after the first, second, and fourth star map. But I still visit him no matter what after each, or after each star map, just so I can sell off my um, inventory to keep that clean and get enough credits to ultimately buy um, enough um, med kits and repair parts and computer spikes and all of that. Because once you get to the um, Star Ma or Star Forge, on one of the levels you can buy either Star Forge robes as light side Revan or Revan's robes on the dark side. Each provide their bonus depending their own separate bonuses depending on whether you're playing as a light side or dark side character. And you do need um, I want to say tw at least 25 computer parts um, if you have no bonus. Um, maybe more, I don't remember offhand. So if you're not uh, updating your repair and computer skills and all of that, then you do need more of those parts. So um, having a lot of those extra, that extra inventory as you head towards the end of the game will be very useful. Um, and also, at the if you while you can still get the heart of the um, for or heart of the guardian and mantle of the force lightsaber crystals. Um, at the after getting the final star map if you have a discount on it it definitely helps to have to be able to spend fewer credits on that sort of stuff so i definitely recommend doing that uh, playing with him playing pazak with the rodian the first time as soon as you leave dantooine first beat him it'll take a while and you don't actually have to spend any credits to beat him 10 times and get the discount you just have to beat him a few times um i found that it actually does help um if you spend a lot of credits because i found i guess it's a, a matter i got lucky but if you spend a lot of credits to defeat him at you know, or if you wager you know the 750 credits if you have it it goes a lot faster to beating him a bunch of times. If you're not spending any credits, then it takes longer. So it might just be an in-game mechanic or it's a weird glitch to get around, but a definite recommendation to get um, discounts on his goods, especially if you want to um, get good armor for your various party members. Um, and then the final bit of recommendation is that the vendor in the lobby of Manon. So when you first get to Manon and you'll see a vendor after you exit the docking bay, he has a lot of, um, I guess, an infinite supply of, I think it was 
repair parts or computer spikes, maybe both. But basically, if you have a whole bunch of credits lying around or if you've sold off all your excess inventory, I recommend buying all that, all basically as much as many computer parts, repair parts, um, spikes, and all of that as you can from him because when you get to the temple on um, the unknown world, then you'll have, there's a bunch of droids you can disable and um, uh, computers and terminals that you can use to overload and that sort of stuff. So you can use those spikes there. And then also on the Star Forge, um, when you're going to get the Revan's robes or the Star Forge robes, instead of um, turning right and fighting the turrets, if you turn left, you get the robes first, and or at that time you can also de deactivate the turrets. So if you don't have any uh, repair skills or any enough um, skills and repair points and computer use and all of that, having all the extra computer parts and spikes and all of that will make that part that much easier. So I definitely recommend spending a whole bunch of, so basically at the end, um, when you're getting the heart of the, um, heart of the guardian and mantle of the force lightsaber crystals, buy those first, sell off all your other excess inventory. So you have a whole bunch of credits, um, buy med packs. Yes, of course. But if you have, um, force heal, then you don't have to buy as many. And then also when you're fighting on the star forge, you will pick up a bunch of uh, life support packs, so you'll be good there. But, you know, buy as many med packs as you think you'll need. So, you know, load up to, you know, 75 or 100 or so of those and spend the rest of your credits on repair, uh, repair parts, computer spikes and all of that. So you have those going into the end of the game, uh, regardless of how many um, how much you've upgraded your skill points for repair parts, computer use, and security. So, um, but like I said, I do recommend upgrading those, especially if you're playing as a scout and a Jedi Guardian. Upgrade those three things as much as you can. And then um, uh, focus on, you know, wisdom and constitution and stuff like that. But as you're upgrading your character with, you know, toughness and fighting and all of that, you'll kind of get a good character based on what you want. But for me, this time I didn't focus. I didn't spend any um, upgrade points um, to upgrade, you know, critical strike or power hit. I focused solely on uh, flurry, uh, dual weapon fighting, toughness, and all of that. So I have a stronger character with a singular attack focus. Um, and then I gave the rest of those uh, points to other characters. So for example, I gave power attack, I think, to Jolie Bindo. I gave uh, Juhani Master Critical Strike. Um, with Karth and Kandorus, I was able to upgrade their skills for um, rapid uh, fire, power shot, and critical uh, shot. So they were good there. Um, Zalbar, I think I gave him power attack as well with his, um, uh, with I think Baka's sword, um, but I didn't really play too much with him except for a couple of times just to see how strong his character was. Um, and that's really about it. I didn't really either, I didn't really play too much with um, HK47 just because 
I didn't really need just because I, I have a master heal and I want I don't want to you know worry about having to buy construction parts and things like that. So I used T3 M4 where needed, but that was kind of minimal since my main character also had repair parts. So that's all there is for this review. So like I said, I still give the game a solid grade of about an A minus to a B plus. Overall gameplay is fun, the story is still great, um, the voice acting is kind of weird at times. Um, it's kind of cheesy now after all these years, but you can kind of see the basis of what they did in a lot of other Star Wars properties. Uh, graphics are okay, but they're really good for their time, so I actually can't wait to see what they do with this remake. To see if they upgrade the graphics, um, fix some of the um, game issues like you know weird save issues and things like that but oh and you know some of the events not triggering and things like that but overall i kind of hope they upgrade the graphics improve the storyline a little bit or storylines and acting the story arcs themselves were fine but it's it was kind of it's kind of hazy as far as activating those story quests unless you know to go in and talk to your characters you don't actually have to um talk to your characters or progress their storylines to finish the game but you do get various or you do get various quests to get certain points and things like that so more points to upgrade your characters always helps so that's all there is for that so with that i'll jump into this week's review all right so to round out this week's episode this week I had a chance to re-watch the three Mortal Kombat live action films that are available. So that I started with the 2021 Mortal Kombat that's currently streaming on HBO Max I believe but is also available for rental and purchase. I followed that up with the original 1995 Mortal Kombat and then rounded out the films with the 1997 sequel Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, the reason being is I got to thinking how the films hold up um, against each other to if there is no actual sequel that's made to the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat or if there could potentially be a way for the sequel if it is released to kind of bridge the gap and expand on the lore of Mortal Kombat between the films to kind of make more sense between them. Um, Part of my thinking and reasoning behind this is when I was watching the 2021 film and we get to the scene with Kung Lao um, explaining who he is, he says that he's Kung Lao, descendant of Kung Lao. So that kind of bothered me is that um, I guess he's a descendant, which makes sense. And uh, Liu Kang is his cousin because they're part of the same order of the light. But then in the 1995 version, uh, Liu Kang says that he's also the descendant of Kung Lao. So I guess does my got to thinking that if they're both part of the same order of the light and they win Mortal Kombat or they pass the test that they can be considered a descendant of Kung Lao. So I was kind of thinking that they should expand on that storytelling to explain how that's possible and um, I'll be along the lines of the uh, Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat film is a descendant of Liu Kang and Kung Lao from the 2021 Mortal Kombat. So when they are showing the films, the second one from 1990 or the 1995 film is essentially a sequel. Um, and I guess anyone who's named, you know, Liu Kang, Sonia Blade, Jax, um, Johnny, whatever his, um, 
the the movie star guy and all of those guys um, they're essentially descendants of their namesakes from before so it's one of those things that it's in their bloodline because it moves along by having the same name and that's kind of haphazardly brought up with the whole premise in the 2021 film with um scorpion not haphazardly but brought up along the lines with scorpion and um sub-zero where they're part of these ancient um martial arts and kung fu styles so um that explains away cole in the first film but then the rest of them you know for example in the first in the 2021 film Jax is killed or sorry Jax isn't killed but his arms are lost and he has the metal arms um i guess he's in the second film he's not really shown too much i guess the guy on the boat docks is, is supposed to be him um but because he has a limited role it's easy to get to ignore Jax in the second in the 1995 film and then in the 97 film he's in that bed with the arms because you know he has issues with them or he wants upgrades or i guess as a better explanation he somehow is able to regrow his arms and he's still using the metal arms for the strength and he's lost his confidence or whatever from losing the fight to sub-zero in the 2021 film so kind of what i was hoping and expect and expecting at the moment is that when they make a sequel to the 2021 mortal kombat film is that they expand on the lore of um, the bloodlines flowing through people, how that passes through time, and expand more on more of that and the relationship with the Elder Gods, or have show more of the Elder Gods like, or beyond Raiden being the Thunder God, and Chinook being God of War or God of Troublemaking, I guess, and show some of the other gods who maybe have more ties to the physical realm of beings and descendants and lineages and things like that because i was also got to thinking that would be interesting to see more of goro and the line of shokans because i guess he's killed in the first film that shows up in the second but he could potentially either be a he could also be a descendant of the goro in the 2021 film versus the 95 film um and same thing with like cole joining the order of the light after the between the events of the 2021 film and the 1995 film. So it kind of gets convoluted, not necessarily to be time travel, but you progress to the lineages through time. So you can see how the descendants carry on their, uh, or how the descendants carry on their bloodline and continue to have the same powers, but they manifest based on their current life, strife, uh, conditions, abilities and all of that stuff so when we watching the films um it, then watching it this way um to round it out actually made me enjoy the 97 film that much more um just because it feels like it expands on the storylines built up in the other two films i still do have an issue or i originally had an issue with the special effects and cgi of the 97 film but it's actually a little bit tolerable in the grand scheme of watching it with the first two films. Granted, the 95 and 97 films aren't as good on the CGI and special effects as the 2021 film, but the 95 film at least has decent enough dialogue. The 97 films, the 1997's film's dialogue is actually pretty bad, and every time you think that, okay, the dialogue is actually getting better over the course of the film, they actually do something weirder or sillier or something that doesn't make it hold up and 
of course, for some reason, everyone is always flipping all over the place where they could have just jumped or um, walked down a flight of stairs or something. So that was kind of weird. But it did feel like they started paying more homage to the video games because you have a lot of the different um, characters having their um, video game animation style movement and stance. Um, they do bring in a lot of the um, special effects and um, abilities from the video games. And one of the things that stood out now was how slow the 1995 films martial arts were but that actually feels like it or i gained an appreciation for it even more than i did before just because it feels like it matched the gameplay style of the video game and i don't think i'd ever noticed that before but watching them now it actually felt like a subtle nod to the video games which the second movie did as well um but the second film was overshadowed by the bad cgi and the bad dialogue so i'm when I say I didn't mind the, the CGI in the 97 film, it doesn't actually mean that it's good. It just means that it was tolerable for the time, but it, and it could have been better, but it actually was about the best they could do uh, for the time, especially when you compare it against the 2021 film. So I kind of hope that they improve on it, that they continue that um, lineage and kind of I didn't mind the story so much, or I might I like the story in the '97 film, but the acting and the dialogue was bad. CGI was okay. Jumping all over the place was weird. So, all in all, if they do make a fourth another film, I, that's kind of where I hope they continue, where they continue on the good special effects, have a good story, um, include Johnny Cage and see how they include various other fighters and actually make it to um, Mortal Kombat and I, um, we'll see how they incorporate uh, or blend all of that stuff together. So that's all there is for this particular episode. So if you have any questions, comments, feedback on uh, Mortal Kombat or anything in this episode, you can comment on this post on Twitter at PatelN01. The website is headphonesneal.reviews for past episodes, subscription links supporting the show, and all of that good stuff. And of course, if you support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash PatelN01, then you'll also get a special um, um, addition to the episode with bonus co and upcoming content for next week's episode. So that's patreon.com slash PatelN01. And as a patron, you can also comment on your the post provide your feedback and recommendations and all of that good stuff but thanks for tuning into this particular episode and until next time deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.